people. Welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. And I'm your host, Dixie Lee Henning. You're your host, and we are your commentators for this year's big game. The big game is The here. Chowder Cup. The Chowder... Well... You know, well, can't say the other thing. Yeah, we're restricted, but it's the big foot game. Foot... <laughs> foot game. Yeah. <laughs> it's the big one. <laughs> yep. It's like soccer, but more confusing. Would you like your bowl of super served would you like your super served as a cup with a side salad or as a bowl i think i would prefer the side salad with the cup what dressing Mm. (laughs) croutons croutons yes (laughs) (laughs) some shreddy cheese oh man you know it's the big game you guys and guess what guess what the headings will not be watching Just like we did last year. Because you know who doesn't care about this big bowl of soup that's in the form of two sports teams? Yeah. I don't. Steven and Dixie do not care. There's no caring. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. Best of luck to both. I wish everyone could win. (laughs) Honestly. Can we just all get participation trophies? (laughs) Yes, we could. Oh, man. Some of the highlights, I guess. uh, Chiefs are bad. And no, are the Chiefs good? I don't remember. I don't even know who's playing. 49ers won. Oh. They beat the Packers. Thank God. You like the Packers. I know. I'm just joking. We say you like the Packers as if you actually care about football in any way. No. On a completely different note, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Yes. And especially everybody that listened to episode three. Not that it was bad, but the audio quality definitely was wanting. Well, okay. So Josh was fantastic. Yes. That first episode was amazing with him. And we did, like we explained in the last episode, we did end up going for about three and a half hours when we first had him over to interview. So we thought we would give you part two because honestly, we didn't want to cut out a lot of the conversation we ended up having. Right. So we're back in it. As Dixie said, for me being the producer and (laughs) editor of the show, thank you for your grace and patience with me, uh, my... Learning my audio engineering skills. We're on a learning curve. Learning curve. And we love it. It's a, it's a fun one. Some updates for Josh Allen. Thank you. <laughs> um, we mentioned in the last episode that he had moved to Seattle. Um, job update. He actually works at Storyville Coffee in Seattle. The big one. The Downtown big one. Storyville. So cool. That place is legit. So if you're strolling Pike's Place, it's like a few blocks walk, but screw the Bucks. Yeah. Who even needs the Bucks? Leave the Starbucks alone. <laughs> Go visit Josh at Storyville. Yes. And tell him that you heard about him on a podcast. A podcast. <gasps> Do you hear our kitty? Yeah. Is that our cat? Dinah. <laughs> I know this is fun for you, but... Shut it. You're not a podcaster. Um, another update. Uh, since 
Josh moved to Seattle. He is no longer a member of the Mandela Effect, but they are still a band here in Billings and they still do shows and stuff like that if right. you want to support them. So getting ahead of this half of the interview a little bit, we're gonna we're about to talk about the band that Josh used to be in that he helped form, create. He has since retired from the band, but the band is still going strong in Billings. In fact, they just had a show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, because they're super cool. Yeah. We also talk about his online satirical publication named The Billings Beat, mm. which is still going strong. Never been better. It's just so gosh darn beautiful. Josh darn beautiful. Josh darn beautiful. Oh, oh we did it. So good. End of podcast. We're so done. So good. <laughs> so as a teaser for that, go check out thebillingsbeat.com and see Josh's excellent satirical writing about this lovely city of ours. It's just superb. It's great. And speaking of websites, we get to point you now toward www.nonormalpeople.com. That's us. That's us. We have a website. We made a website. We did it. Honestly, it's everything I hoped and dreamed it would be. (laughs) It's exactly. It's a website and it has links to our show. In many, many different apps. And you can read about us on our little about page. We talk about the show a little bit and then we each have a paragraph or so. Just kind of describing us and introducing us a little more. So without further ado, here's part two with Joshua Llewellyn. Wow. Really? Sorry. I just needed more. Good. That's good. That's good, babe. Okay. And we're back with Joshua Llewellyn, which is again, impressed with the pronunciation. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We just got like destroyed by... His witch magic. A couple magic tricks, you guys. Yeah, I didn't lie when I said I could do some magic tricks. Blew or my, put my freaking in my mind. Mouth. That was quite the trick. Okay, so jo- <laughs> Josh, we've been getting into some pretty heady subjects. Yeah, and yeah. I, that that feels par for the course for the let's say five times we've had a conversation already. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Although you probably, you guys probably learned, I would guess a little bit more about me than oh yeah you've known. Sure. What 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 do you think stuck out to you the most so far? Right now, I'm still known? blown away that you're a wizard. Well, yeah. <laughs> so. The, so the secret talent is certainly <laughs> literally rocking my world right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. I don't you're know. Change I, the world. Like, I'm always intrigued in someone's uh, spiritual background, especially how it compares to the way they see spirituality or religion now. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to what they were handed you know, given in their, their box of grandma's recipes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, such a good analogy. Yeah. Where do, who came up with that? I like who is, that. Who is it that said that? That's good. <laughs> I, I liked our conversation about like the different routines you wish you had Yeah. yeah. versus the, the routines, you know, you have, yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Okay. But what I want to do now is talk about some more current projects of yours. Mm-hmm. First of all, being a psychology and sociology double major, Will you explain to us what the Mandela effect is? Okay. And why the heck you named your band after it? <laughs> That's a great question. Do either of you know? No. He Really? Wh- wait, why you named it either or one. what either Mandela? One. Uh, he explained it to me before you okay, guys. Okay, so you know the, the you know the concept. <laughs> we researched it probably probably an hour before you arrived. There's a there's a joke that we like to tell. I mean, it's not really a joke, but we like to tell people that if you like look us up on Facebook, make sure you type the Mandela effect, because if you just type Mandela effect, you'll be taken to like a conspiracy theory page. And so here's what happened in 2012. Oh God. The <laughs> <laughs> when, well, actually I guess it was 2013. 
teen i can't remember actually it's really fitting that we like had this little side conversation earlier about selective attention building false memories and building false memories um because when nelson mandela passed away a significant amount of people on the internet i mean whatever you think significant is but people on the internet started to surface saying i have a very specific memory of him dying when he was imprisoned during um it was apartheid in apartheid South Africa, yeah there we go it? yeah um, like him being imprisoned, and I remember watching his funeral being broadcasted. And right, yeah, he was imprisoned as part of his uh, his acts of civil disobedience. Right, right. Um, so like lots of people were, um, I mean, relatively lots of people were saying, like, I remember this, not just like, oh, I thought he died, I like forgot about him, but like I remember watching the funeral. So the Mandela effect is given to the phenomenon of a mass amount of people experiencing a different memory, a, a specifically different memory than other people. A, another common example is like remembering Berenstain Bears spelled differently. And Berenstain lot, or Berenstein. Yeah, Berenstein or Berenstein. Ber- yeah. an A or an E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like different brands being spelled or designed differently. And a lot of, uh, I think most psychologists attribute this to, you know, selective memory. And like, we know that our memory is bad and formable and that it can change over time and influence the the example that stuck out to us when we were doing uh, some research before you showed up was um, we all remember the iconic line from the empire strikes back being Luke, I am your father. Oh yeah. Whereas if you play it back, it's no, I am your father. Like the accent is different. He says, no, he doesn't say Luke, but we all think that the line is Luke. I am your father. Right. (laughs) And so on the conspiracy side of things, um, some people have posited that these false memories are proof of parallel universes and universes collapsing yes. into each other. Slippages between or, or the two brains mm-hmm. touching maybe membrane theory or. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it gets pretty wild. Yeah. It gets pretty wild the deeper you dig into it. Yeah. I so I looked up Mandela effect uh-huh. on Twitter just okay. because I, he was talking about it, and there was one that I found. What is the USA national animal? A lot of people think it's the eagle. Yep, I said it was the bald eagle. Yeah, but if I remember correctly, it's either the bison or something else. It's a bison. It's a bison. Okay. Wow! Congratulations <laughs> from a different like, universe. <laughs> it's not the eagle. Yeah. You just but blew see, my mind. It's just like misconceptions, yeah. and you know. So fast forward to the band in um, 2000, uh, I don't even, ironically, I don't even remember the year. Sure. Let's say it's 2013, the year Mandela died. Yeah. (laughs) I think it was three years ago. So I think it was like 2016 and we started playing out uh, like at a downtown festival, me and some friends. Um, Actually, my two friends had never met each other and me and my buddy Alex were going to just go down there and busk, you know, like play and like have a case out for money and I invited my buddy Pete to come and even though they never played together before. And uh, that was just the formation of the band. Like we played through some songs that each of them knew and like each of them are decent enough to like strum along to the other person. And, and I'm a drummer and I play by ear. So it really doesn't matter what we play. Um, Cause I don't need to practice because I'm a drummer. <laughs> Said the Not drummer. A real musician. <laughs> I saw on your Facebook page that you're credited with Cajon playing. Oh yes, and, yeah. And um, mandolin. Oh yeah. I do also play the mandolin. Yeah. So that's it, a fascinating instrument to me. Oh, I love it. It's so rhythmic. And so, yeah. And you, you guys describe yourself as an acoustic trio. Mm-hmm. You guys are certainly, you see, certainly seem to lean into more of a, like an Americana or yeah, bluegrass I, feel. Yeah. I would say that 
the closest we would get to describing a genre would be like Americana folk blues. Okay. Yeah, because you have acoustic guitar. I've seen banjo. I've seen ukulele, mm-hmm. mandolin. You got this. Usually a cajon, but sometimes some sort of a cajon drum set. Okay, yeah. Using the cajon maybe as a bass. And then sometimes I work in rototoms, <laughs> like Phil Collins style. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Bust, bust those out from Pet Band, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I never played Pet Band. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never, I never learned how to play the drums in school. Oh, just interesting. I learned how to play it at church, actually. I just learned how to play by ear. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we started uh, playing together and we would typically just play at those like farmer's markets and people would start to recognize us every now and again. And also at the time I was running a, uh, uh, I was running a Twitter account called uh, Unsung Bands. And for a while I was posting pretty regularly um, because I was accumulating, I don't remember where a friend and I had started doing this, but someone like had introduced me to the joke, like you say something weird and you're like, oh, band name, I call that. Yes, that- that's Parks and Rec. Oh, is it from Parks? Yeah. Oh, that's right, it is Parks and Rec. Um, so I, I just I was doing that before that show existed. I know, but <laughs> Thank the, you. the uh, Fleetwood Mac sex pants. Band oh, name. Yep, there we go. Oh, yeah. oh actually, that. just Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> <laughs> so I started to accumulate this list and the last time I counted it, which was uh, a long time ago, it was over 400 and I know it's accumulated way past that. So, well, we and, the, and these were all band names, Dame, blah, excuse me, band name suggestions that you were present for. Is that oh, right? yeah, that I had, like come up with. No, it, it was usually ones that I had come up with on my own. Yeah. So we started to sample from the, this like list I had, like whenever someone would ask us what our name was, we'd be like, oh, we're, uh, we're pants and platoons. Right. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yeah. And we'd be like, no, you don't. Because <laughs> we, le- we would just like make a name up on the spot. We did stick with the name Fourth Triplet for a couple weeks. <laughs> that's also a slow Isn't burn. that a good one? That's yeah, a good that's one. A, that's a good musical yeah, inside yeah, yeah. joke. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we got that multiple times where people would be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. I remember. And we'd be like. This is great. And so we just changed our name like every time we played. We weren't like an official band or anything. And then eventually, I don't remember how we decided, but we were like Mandela Effect. That's That has to be our final name. Also, it's really fitting because especially in the beginning, we were doing a lot of covers creatively, like really trying to change songs to sound like a completely different genre than what they were originally recorded in or mashing up songs that really don't fit together at all in their original composure. So there's also like that aspect as well. That's so great. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's impressive. And you guys still play around Billings? Yeah, not as much uh, this last year. A lot of us have been going through uh, life changes in various ways. And like also, marriage. Yeah, yeah. Pete got <laughs> married. Alex just had, he had a baby last year and just had another baby this year. And I've been also lazy and trying to book gigs and also like thinking about moving and like when and how. And so we, we've definitely slowed down. But for a while there, we were playing on average about once a month. Now, you were doing show. quite a few covers, but if I remember correctly, one of the latest videos on Facebook you guys posted, you actually have an original? Oh, yeah. We have, I think, six or seven originals now. Oh, interesting. I saw Lemons. Yeah, that was our first one. Mm-hmm. We wrote one called I Got You. I believe that one's also on Facebook, perhaps. That one sounds kind of similar to uh, Chris Stapleton's kind of country rock genre. We wrote a song about Off the Leaf, actually, that sounds like a breakup song, Beyond the Leaf. It's, that's a fun one. It's like the swan song of Billings OG it's coffee. Good. It's good. <laughs> yep. And then we have a couple other ones. Actually, oh my gosh. Uh, I have to tell you this story. This is incredible. 
we wrote a song together. Usually, like it's it just like pieces together. It's it's been pretty fun to like be a part of a collaborative group that is outside church. Even though like Alex and I, for instance, have been playing church music for years. Uh, he's like a local worship pastor, and it's been interesting to notice like a couple differences in playing in or not in that context and the way that collaboration happens. And that's been that's been pretty fun for sure. But one time we wrote it. We wrote this song. Alex had this idea for a song that like had a really minimal drum beat, like in like for it to sound kind of like southern, like stompy. And we we just started like writing lyrics together. And he just like had this idea in the shower because he was like stomping and clapping and singing and like kind of making it sound like southern spiritual sounding. And I think the original words were like, "I've been carrying a mountain." that i built oh, i don't know where i'm going but i'm getting there still keep going with that for verses and then and then we wrote like a just like a vocal chorus that went whoa oh 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 it's like really basic right and then i had a mandela effect moment months later oh no was it a oh no it was an it was already it's all it's already a song. Oh no! Oh god! Need to breathe. Can no oh, way? Can, can, can I play this? Yes. Will, will the mic pick Do this it. up? Yeah. The mic will pick it up. I don't know if legally I can publish it on the. Well, that's we'll, we'll play it for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go look this song up if you're listening. If if you look this up, it's on the Hard Love album by Need to Breathe. It's the first track. It's called Mountain Part One, um, and it's just like a little intro song. It's not even a full song, but I heard this come on. My uh, my girlfriend at the time had popped in this album, and I started to freak out. And she like didn't know what was going on. And I was like, "We wrote this song, and this part was coming up." And I was like, "No, this part's coming up." It goes, Ooh. "Oh my gosh!" We, we replicated the song without knowing it. Oh my god! Like the lyrics aren't the same, obviously, but the structure is completely there. We just added a drum beat and basically like continued the concept and wrote a full version of the, their oh song. Oh my gosh. That is so wow. crazy. That's like the four chord song. They like sing a ton of like popular pop songs with the same four chords. Like the same chord progression. And they well, just sing over and over and Well over. this is currently happening. Did you see that a jury just ruled that Christian yes. rapper Flame won a legal battle against Katy Perry because yes. she quote unquote copied his chord progression? Yes. You can copy, well, you can copyright a chord progression. Well, the jury ruled. So, I mean, anyone who uses a 1 4 5 2 progression needs to pay Hillsong United (laughs) millions of dollars. It has been a legal battle for the last five years. Oh, my goodness. And and someone like Katy Perry lost? Yes. I am so proud. Isn't that incredible? But, like, (laughs) obviously, it happens. Like, somehow, the, the concept for that song got embedded in Alex's consciousness so deeply. That he thought he came up with it. But yeah, so we have a handful of uh, originals and some, uh, at least one song we thought was an original. (laughs) And then also a handful of uh, mashups that we originally came up with as well. It's interesting to me that the name of the band has played it, had a real effect on the psyche of some of the members. Yeah, that was real strange. I, that is one of the few times I've like questioned my existence in the universe. The other time was it Off the Leaf when they changed the sign and the name of the company without telling anyone. And so I walked out. One of my friends came up to the table and was like, welcome to Beyond the Cup. And 
me and my friend were like, what are you I had quit about? like right before that. And he was like, oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he was like, come with me. And it felt so dreamlike, like so unusual. I was like, what are you talking about? And I walked outside and the sign, instead of saying off the leaf in big print said beyond the cup. But it's the same sign. And the same sign. And my first thought was, this isn't real. I'm, I'm, I'm in a dream or I'm in a different universe. This isn't real. What's funny about that sign change situation is that after that happened, I started making so many jokes about that. Like, you know how on Snapchat you can make stickers of things? Yeah. I started just making stickers of things like the Starbucks logo and like putting it up on the on the coffee shop sign. Or I like photoshopped out the Panda Express logo yeah. and put that up. And then at one point I did Mazevo's logo because Mazevo was like up and coming as a coffee shop at that yeah. point. And I put that on like some some cup from off the leaf. And then when they actually changed the sign to Mazevo when they bought them out and I like took some pictures of it, people thought it was a joke. Obviously. <laughs> like I was the boy who cried wolf. <laughs> and then people like started to drive by and they're like, what? wait, he wasn't joking. So the Billings Beat was a more or less, it was a recent online publication that you founded, started? Yeah, made built. myself. Mm-hmm. Kind of a satire quote news unquote organization modeled after something like Babylon B or the onion. Yeah. Yeah. I think the onion, but for billings, right? I think one of your first articles was essentially pitting yourself as the billings beat as the (laughs) prime competitor and, and rival of the billings gazette. Oh yes. Oh yes. Tell me about the origin story of the billings beat. Why you called it? Why beat? I should say beat as in the vegetable B Double E T. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Beat. Yeah. The Billings beat. Why you initially wanted to brand yourself as the enemy of one of the few journalistic <laughs> organizations in the state um, and where that has gotten you now. So I had thought of it forever ago. And actually my first, my first idea as some sort of like satire thing for Billings was um, there's this rock face to the north of Billings uh, called the Rim Rocks, nicknamed the Rims. And at the edge of the Rims is like a parking space where you can like look out over the city. And there's these like blocks of sandstone for the edge. And my first idea was to like make fun of, you know, science discovering some new Stonehenge-like structure on the Rims. And we think it's proof of some uh, pre-human ancestors that might have tied some significance to these structures. And we're not quite sure what they mean. I don't know, like such a basic idea that really, I never like did anything with that. But that was like my original idea. It was like some sort of satire for Billings. And then it just like developed to like tons of other headline ideas. And I think this, this list now has way more ideas on it than my great ideas list. Like different headlines that I never well, so, did anything So with. now I'm looking at a, a notes, well, an, a note within your, your iPhone here. Lists of headlines. And it looks like the ones that you've checked are the ones you've probably created an actual post for. Yes. And I'd say it's about, it's maybe a fifth of them. Oh my gosh. So do you mind, um, just to give our listeners a flavor of the kind of things you're posting? Of course, we'll, we'll give them all the links to go follow you on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Um, but do you mind if Dixie and I just take turns reading some, oh, some headlines? Do. Um, I would be honored. What I love about this is you, you're obviously even kind of getting into the metal meta levels of satire. This is what the onion does, of course. And you're, you're, you're using that model, but we know that 
quote-unquote legitimate news sources will use the headline to grab you to read the article. Absolutely. Whether or not the content says what the headline says, I think it's something like 95% of people see a headline and they don't read the article. And I have the best example of this that I don't know if you guys know about. But yeah, let's read some article headlines. Yeah. So, and think to the to whoever's listening, think like onion style news headlines that are fake. So, first one that we're going to read. NASA discovers new barren planet turns out to be just North Dakota. Study weather in Montana changes <laughs> so often that geese are flying in circles. <laughs> USS Billings takes summer off to float Yellowstone before deployment. And all of these are accompanied with uh, photoshopped images, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. They have to be. Highest quality. Age. Personally, I loved Big J to face Gianforte in WrestleMania 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Canada buys Montana because of online petition. Trump forgets we have all the nukes. <laughs> <laughs> I found the best shrugging picture for that one. of him. Okay, Billings Man complains about rise in coffee shops. Forgets there are literally a thousand casinos. Oh, man. These are all just so good. Billings Police, quote, the Billings City Bus is the most likely vehicle to be a transformer. Billings favorite racist coffee shop closes. City devastated. (laughs) (laughs) I love your post in here. It was like you spelled racist tavern wrong. Oh, yeah. On Twitter. Yeah. The Gazette had our local newspaper had posted about the coffee tavern closing, which when it even before it had opened, had raised some controversy around racist comments made online and um so when they it tweeted out uh, coffee tavern closes i retweeted it under the billings beat and said you misspelled racist tavern <laughs> a lot that picked up some good traction fantastic <laughs> i, I want to read two more and then we'll move on into uh kind of the the history two that i love here kind of what we were talking about earlier with billings coffee culture Teen suggests grabbing coffee at Off the Leaf, but can't remember what it's called anymore. <laughs> and then, this one just caught my eye. Love it. Abandoned Billings, Billings Mansion to be the newest Hogwarts campus. Yes. That was great. That's so good. Fantastic, sir. Thank you. Thank you. So good. Thank you. Love it. So why beat? Uh, why do you think beat? I mean, I was just going to assume onion. Yeah, right. Like it's also a vegetable. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. Dwight Schrute might have an influence there. Mm, no. <laughs> no. Okay. So it, it literally is just. Even though I like make a Dwight Schrute joke, and I actually make two in the website. I say that it's designed by Schrute Space and that there's some bed and breakfast owners slash beet farmers that work for us. But so yeah, there's a, there's a sugar beet factory here in Billings. So I always felt like, you know, a beet is so Billings specific right. in a lot of ways. Some of the most delectable smells that waft over our city come from Honestly, there. Honestly, it just smells like death. Like you walk outside in the fall and it just smells like garbage. Not like, not like actual garbage, but like, oh, what is, what is that smell? It's like undetectable. Like you don't know what it is. It's rough. Caramelized vegetable matter. <laughs> well, caramelized might be too sweet of a word. I don't know. Oh boy. Also That's think true. about um, like the, the beat as in like the journalistic beat. So it's, it's, it's a little. You're operating on there. so many levels. Mm-hmm. Also, there's just such a good ring to it. The Billings beat feels good. Alliteration mm-hmm. you got in there. Yeah, but not too much. Not not three of them, just two. <laughs> yeah, so last year, um, July 2018, I finally made the decision to like move forward with it. Um, I'd had the idea for a while and was starting to like stockpile some headline ideas. Um, and I finally broke down and 
started building a website and learned how to do that and put it together, you know, got all my domains in order, like got the social medias. I was just notified a couple of weeks ago, actually, that like on my anniversary for like getting the social media accounts mine as I was building the website. And then I finally launched it um, October 2018 with the headline um, City of Billings Charges Billings Gazette with littering for littering on thousands of doorsteps. <laughs> <laughs> that one got some decent traction. But one of the ones I enjoyed the most was local restaurant chain Well Paired launching a dating app. Wasn't that great? That was my uh, farewell article to them, actually, when I quit. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. A-, a loving gesture? I would yes, have. definitely. Yeah. Well, it's a mm-hmm. dating app. Yeah. Well, and what's great, too, is that I, uh, when I like made the fake user interface for the Photoshop, I was thinking, like, I need to have a, a real couple in there. Yeah, what you got? And I was thinking, I was thinking about it, and I was like, "Who? Oh, yeah, this like this couple that's like so close, like that's getting married soon. Uh, that's so obvious. Like, I have to, it has to be them. A pair of dear philosophy friends. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I put them in there in the app on the picture. Then later I showed it to them. I didn't tell them I was going to do this. I never tell anyone, even if I know them, that I'm going to quote them or mi- uh, misquote them, <laughs> put words in their mouth, especially because I misquote the police chief quite often, and I've heard he's been. I'm sure he loves it. Not the happiest camper about it, um, <laughs> but also I can't be sued. So there's you, that. Wait, how does that work? Oh, let's talk about the legality. Oh, actually, let me finish that well-paired story really quick. I showed them the the picture and they just started like looking at each other. And I, at first I was like, oh, oh, maybe I should have asked. <laughs> but then they were like, you don't realize how perfect this is. And she pulled out her phone. No way. When they got engagement pictures. They took a couple pictures in front of Well Paired. No oh way. And so gosh. the picture that's in the article, I hadn't put in there originally and she sent it to me and I just like uploaded it. Oh yeah. If you look carefully, the I posted the Well Paired article in April, but their engagement picture has snow on the ground that they took like back in December. That is so excellent. Yeah. Holy cow. So there's been like a lot of like fun little things like that. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you are enjoying this episode of No Normal People. The podcast has a brand new website. You can find that at www.nonormalpeople.com. That's K-N-O-W, normalpeople.com. There you can check out our subscribe page. That'll give you links directly to apps like Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. No need to search through your player. We have the links right there for you. If you don't even want to go that far, you could go to our website, which is again, www.nonormalpeople.com and find an embedded player right on the site. You can listen to any episode available. Speaking of links, we also have links to all of our social media through our website. That'll be Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And all the handles for those are K-N-O-W people pod. No people pod. We would also love it if you helped share the word about our show through hashtags. We have hashtag no normal people and hashtag KNP. Another fantastic way to help us share the word about this show is on Apple Podcasts and Facebook reviews. You can go to our Facebook page and our Apple Podcast feed. Leave us a five-star rating and a review and help us defeat our algorithm overlords. We also wanted to shout out the first few people that have left reviews on Facebook and Apple Podcasts. Those people are Avery, Tony, Maria, John, and Rebecca. So thank you guys so much for that. We cannot tell you how great it is to read those messages. If you own or work for a business that would like to promote 
your product or service in this mid-roll section of our show, you can contact me, Stephen, at knowpeoplepod at gmail.com. Thanks again for all your help and support to launch this podcast in 2020. And with that, let's get back to Joshua Llewellyn, part two. Wah, wah, wah. Again? <laughs> Okay, so I want to I want to get back to the uh, some of the details of running this because it's interesting to me that you can't be sued. Yes, I did my research. Can I tell you <laughs> what I would guess to be the case? Yes, I bet you'll never guess how. I would guess that there's some sort of legal code or loophole that as long as you make clear somewhere on your website or on your social or something that you are explicitly satire, that you can't necessarily be sued for something like libel or. You basically got it right. It's already difficult to sue anyone for libel or defamation or slander. True. To begin with. Yeah. Like, almost nobody does that. As a nation, we've kind of fleshed out the First Amendment yes. fairly well. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what year it was, but you can look it up. The reason satire specifically is protected under the First Amendment is because of Jerry Falwell versus Hustler. Elaborate. Hustler the magazine, I don't remember what year, published a, a piece... Senior or junior Jerry Falwell? Senior. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Not, not Jerry Falwell Jr., the president of Liberty University. His father, who I believe, don't remember exactly, but I believe was a televangelist. Yes. Correct? Okay. I, yeah. I, I knew he had some sort of prominent evangelical role. That, that's good context for yeah. us. Okay. And so not quite Billy Graham status, but pretty well known in those circles. Um, Hustler published a piece about framing Jerry Falwell as having had lost his virginity to his mother in an outhouse <laughs> in Hustler magazine. I believe this was in the 80s, maybe 70s. Oh my God. And so he took them to court and it made its way up to the Supreme Court um, after several appeals. And so you can look this all up. It's, it's on Wikipedia, like Falwell versus Hustler. And the final ruling was that because uh, also this is one of the only, I don't think it is the only, but it is one of the few unanimous Supreme Court decisions. Wow. Yes. Because they, they ruled that any reasonable person would know that this is false. And therefore, it is not libel or slander or defamation. So he, they can't be sued. That is impressive. Yeah. So, and it, the, it's a really interesting story to read about anyway, because later, Falwell and the head of Hustler magazine like became friends. Of course. It's a very do. odd <laughs> redemption story. I'm sure there'll be a movie at some point. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to so, watch that. Satire is federally protected under the First Amendment as long as any reasonable person will know that it's satire, whether that means like the reputation it's built, like the Onion or the Babylon Bee, or it's explicitly stated and like, like would be obvious to anyone who did any research that... Like you look literally anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Or also like... Uh, so much can be said for just like reading the article itself. For instance, right. in the case of like news satire, like, or like listening to um, someone like, I mean, these guys are a little bit different because it's more like yellow journalism, but listening to someone like the Colbert Report back in the day or Jon Stewart or, you know, SNL Weekend Update, that kind of style. Yeah. Like, it's pretty obvious if you like listen to it that, you know, they're making jokes. Like, yeah. it's, it's obvious. So that the ruling is that like, if any reasonable person can tell it's false, it's not considered, I mean, these days we talk a lot about fake news, but like right. that's basically what's being got at with like defamation and slander. And okay. Libel. So the, 
Boy, yeah, that that gets into some weird squishy territory because <laughs> if someone if someone can say like it's obvious that it's false, mm-hmm. boy, yeah, there's there's a difference between satire false and maybe factually false or yes. misleadingly false. You said you had an example of a headline misleading the body of the article because we we had mentioned something about most people only see the headline or read the headline. Oh yeah, bother so like, to. So each article includes each headline has an article uh, for instance with the the nasa discovering a new planet one for example for north dakota like one of the paragraphs is uh, bes- before the social media post from nasa got taken down several people commented that there was a welcome to north dakota sign in the background of one of the rovers pictures <laughs> like it's a you know like it, it's not long extensive atlantic new yorker articles but it's you know a couple paragraphs quoting someone or like sounding like news and honestly on all of them it's it's so obvious that like, if you know the context in which these things occur, like, that obviously didn't happen. Reading some of the comments on some of them, it's like, how did you think this was real? <laughs> or like the well-paired one, for instance. Yeah. If you know, if you live in Billings and you know that well-paired is the name of a local juice bar and cafe, to read that they designed a dating app, you would be like, what? no. Of course they didn't. Like, it, it honestly all depends on context. Like, to right. any reader in any other city, they might read that and be like, oh, cool, like some, some new dating app. But, like, they don't have the context. They don't have the meaning making to know that it's a joke. Right. right? But, yeah, do you want to hear a crazy story? There, I did this, I did this article called uh, The First Most Read with almost 10,000 views and had been seen over 18,000 times on Facebook was Big Bear becoming a shooting range. Oh, that no. went that went semi-viral. It got shared, I, I think, three hundred and fifty sometimes. Last time I checked, and got shared and commented on widely on every social platform. I that was that was one of the last things I expected to go as viral as it did within the Billings community. For those without any context, a year prior, I posted it on the year anniversary. I remember that, <laughs> and the trial was still going on, but. What ended up happening was a man had driven, I believe he'd driven a car or broken into um, this sports center, sporting goods store called uh, Big Bear. After first trying to purchase a firearm from the Walmart across oh, the street. Oh, that is correct. That is correct. Yeah. And I believe this was while Big Bear was not in operational hours. I believe right. they were Right. I think they were closed. Yeah. Because no, no one else was injured. But uh, long, long story short, the police had surrounded the building. The man... Had then like taken guns and was shooting them outside. And long story short, Billings police ended up shooting the man and he died uh, at the scene. Um, and it was it was a pretty long standoff. Um, so I posted this, and there was a lot of there was a lot of like discussion around town. There was a lot of um, reporting around it. So you can like see the reporting behind it on the Gazette's website. And at the time of that, I had posted this. The trial against the Billings Police Department was still continuing, and so I. I posted this article that Big Bear was to become a shooting range and I photoshopped their signage outside, which was still up to say Big Bear shooting range. And it went semi-viral. And um, my, one of my buddies um, that I usually only see at church and our small group, he called me on a Tuesday morning, I remember. It was 7.30 a.m. And I thought something like, might be wrong. Like, we, like our, our only circle is like church, right? Like I don't see him throughout the week. And so I answered and I was like, hey, what's up? And he goes... They're talking about Big Bear on Cat Country. They they think it's real. Oh my god! <laughs> and they and I've heard I've heard some other stories too of like you know someone who knows a person knows a person who heard someone 
from within the city trying to inquire like who wrote this article because like we got phone calls but like the reality is is like whoever thought it was real did not read the article they just saw the headline shared it whether that was online or verbally any reasonable person would know that that's false that that just attests to the the world we live in where we just like read headlines and we don't check our primary sources anyone who had dug anything literally like uh, for a media outlet like cat country to like make that mistake is really embarrassing i i don't listen to the through the radio show at all but i don't know if they like ever rescinded or corrected themselves but that's a really embarrassing example for a media outlet to make it's like it reminds me of the time that iran quoted the onion saying that mahmoud ahmadinejad like more americans would rather have mahmoud ahmadinejad as president than obama like they thought it was real this is interesting um well this is making me think kind of along the lines of any reasonable person would know you know a lot of people with this kind of context knows what you're doing with the billings beat right especially someone our age i would argue a lot of people our age and we've kind of established that you're well connected within coffee culture beer culture restaurants even with well paired you know quite a few people in this town so a lot of people know you're the one behind the billings beat yes I would argue that it's Billings' best worst-kept secret. Yes. Are you comfortable with that best worst-kept secret just becoming public knowledge over a podcast? I mean, I've been prepared for it. Like, that's why I, like, did my research. My name isn't associated on the website at all. I thought about it for a while. Like, should I, like, keep this secret? Or, like, should I tell people not to tell people? And the more that... Yeah, I've, I've thought about doing, like, some reveals or, like, a fake event. Or I've thought about several things. Yeah, I thought about telling people, like, hey, like, I'm going to try and keep this on the down low. But... The more that people kept asking me, it was pretty clear that most people were like, hey, like, are we supposed to keep this secret? Like, and, and so I would, my, my, my answer became, well, all the people who know me know it's me, but that's just because that's how knowing people works. Yeah. Well, and see, that's the link I made just now between all the people who know it's satire know it's satire, and also all yeah. the people who know me know it's me behind yeah. the billing speed. And so I think that maybe some secondary people like on my periphery who I don't know, but we know people mutually. I'm sure that some people like, kind of like you, like you knew of me. So I'm sure it's like some people who know of me know it's who probably runs it. But like also for a while, I have some friends who have friends at the Gazette. And I guess for a while, they thought I was a disgruntled employee. Wow. Oh my God. Because I like I rag on the Gazette constantly. Also, they've been way harder to make fun of lately. I swear their writing has improved. And I like to think it's because of me. <laughs> because their headlines are not as bad as they used to be. <laughs> I hope, I mean, I don't know if I can measure that effect, but... Wow, okay, so you're okay linking your name to a podcast episode. Oh, yeah, with, yeah. With this project. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've talked about it with tons. I, if I had to guess, I bet at least 100 people know it's me. At least. And now 102 people know it's... <laughs> 102 people know it's you because they listen all to three listeners of this podcast because they listen to this podcast all two of them <laughs> it's my mom and his dad but like it's it, yeah it's been good i um uh, i've really enjoyed not just misquoting people who i think should be improved um but also like quoting friends like <laughs> like just throwing friends on that website and it's i think people have enjoyed that too uh have you ever considered a billings beat podcast you know, I've had a lot of people ask me that, and I don't know if it would do that well. I don't even know exactly what it would entail, because like in the current format, I'm just doing news satire, right? Like fake headlines, basically. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> this, this might give me away a little bit. 
not really. I, I, I listen to quite a few political commentary shows. I like to think that I'm mostly across the spectrum trying to balance differences in political thought and opinion. A member of the Daily Wire uh, kind of network, most famous Daily Wire show being the Ben Shapiro show. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of his cohorts, Andrew Claven, always opens his episodes with a good 60 to 90 seconds of satire headlines. Oh. Almost as a teaser, and then he has his intro music play, and then he gets into his actual commentary. Oh, interesting. Okay. Part of me wonders if the Billings Beat podcast could be modeled after some sort of political commentary. Now, it, it would be a lot of work, especially if you're trying to do a daily show along those lines. But, you know, if you do once a week, every Friday, you cover the main beats of the... Uh, the, the city, the streets. Yeah, the city or, or uh, the news cycle over seven days. You cover that and heavily scripted, you know, you write the show to just, again, lean into the satire. I had been hoping that more current events would be easier to write about. Um, but most of the things that um, I created headlines for were mostly... Uh, like jokes just made in the Billings context and not necessarily current events. There's been a couple, but as far as like trying to impose satire onto as a lens on top of current events, the the Big J versus Gianforte is kind of layering Billings local happenings versus something that made national news at the time yeah. with Gianforte's oh, yeah, the Gianforte body slamming the reporter. Kerfuffle. Yeah. So this is, this is interesting with the, with the big J scenario where he was charged with a uh, PFMA against his uh, partner. And then he was suspended from his DJ job for a week without pay and then reinstated. As far as I know, he just posted, uh, how does it work again? Is it you post bail or you post bond? It's like one of those, you know, bail. Yeah. So other than like spending a night or two in jail, he wasn't incarcerated or anything. I think he just paid fines. So I posted that article pretty close to the event. And again, it's like, it's really difficult to measure what effect I had or whether people were just pissed in general. But for instance, I know that one local artist produced a, an eight by 11 pamphlet uh, caricature of Big J and his, some of his character and like making fun of some of the things he talks about. And that definitely pushed the edge, I think quite a bit more than I did. And that happened after I had posted my article. I also know that um, there were quite a few people in like some of my peripheral circles that I know some of my friends are friends with. And I know that they don't know me and they don't know who I am because I've heard my friends say that. And uh, I know that Though some of those people were posting on social media, I read like a blog for boycotts. Yeah, I read a blog about that specific post. <laughs> uh, was it the Montana cowgirl blog? Yes. Oh, so good, so some, well written. Some anonymous. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> I really did. I did. I did get criticized from a uh, an anonymous state capital political blogger. Yeah, that was the Montana cowgirl blog, criticizing me for writing a satire piece about domestic violence and that we can make fun of our uh, state legislator for committing a violent assault against the media, but we uh, cannot satirically comment on public figures and a media member at and that a media member committing a violent assault against someone else against a civilian against a civilian <laughs> boy. Wow. Okay, Josh, we've been in a lot of places. Um, <laughs> 
So in closing, we just want to ask some kind of questions where you're at right now. Mostly interested in, um, well, first, like, what are you reading right now? Fiction or nonfiction or both? Uh, I just finished a book called Range, How Generalists Are Thriving in a Specialized World. It just came out this May. It's by David Epstein. He's the guy who wrote The Sports Gene, if you ever heard of that. I never read it myself, but a really fascinating research-based book that he's put together, kind of combating the idea that you need or even should accumulate 10,000 hours and become an expert in something. And that often generalists, by and large, are doing better and specializing later and being more successful specialists when they finally do specialize. Fascinating read. Uh, I'm also currently reading, so I finished that one. I'm reading um, How to Negotiate Your Life Like It Depends on It. And I don't remember the author's name, um, but it was recently recommended to me. He's a former FBI negotiator. It's, it's decent so far. It's a lighter read for sure. Um, feels a little pop psychology-y. But also, like, he's obviously a professional negotiator and knows what he's talking about, even if he doesn't have all of the, like, scientific lingo, you know? Oh, I'm also slow burning my way through The Cloud of Unknowing Oh, by an anonymous 14th century Christian mystic. And it's, it's good. It's a good slow burn. I'm sure I'll probably reread it, but it's pretty good so far. Oh, no, I'm also reading... This is unusual. I'm usually not reading this many books, but... This was recently recommended to me, and I'm listening to this by Michael Gunger, and it is oh, audiobook. Oh, audiobook, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's it's pretty good so far. I'm only a couple of chapters in, but he he's leaning pretty heavily on Buddhist philosophy, and you no, know, it feels very like Ecclesiastesy, and right. and and I'm enjoying that so far. It's it's been nice. What are you listening to right now? Maybe we'll say, uh, give me a podcast that you've been really digging lately, and also like, what are you? Uh, what's your go-to whenever you open up Spotify? Like, what do you like to listen to for music? Oh, that's good. Honestly, music discovery comes harder for me sometimes than... I think Spotify does that to us. With so many options, we don't know what to listen to anymore. I've, I've been jamming to this playlist this last couple of months called Iconic Summer that my friend Paul Aspen put together. And that's been nice. It's like six hours worth. And so I've, it, it's like all kind of the same-ish genre. And so I know that I'm going to like pick up on some songs that I know and don't know and that's pretty nice. But as far as like artists, I just always go back to, I feel like at work, especially like working in a coffee shop, I, yeah. I always turn on like Walk the Moon yeah. or um, I recently discovered uh, Shade, S-H-A-E-D, kind of like similar sounding to Odessa or something like that. Podcast wise, I'm going to, I'm putting my podcast on hold while I read through Michael Gunger's book, but also because I'm, <laughs> I'm reorganizing my podcast queue because yeah. I'm, Sick and tired of accidentally skipping through my podcast queue by accident after I've queued up 100 episodes. So that's great. Yeah, would you like to know like favorite new shows, uh, favorite shows of all time, podcasts that I like to listen to? All time, maybe top three. Uh, ooh, I just started listening to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast and it's really incredible. Um, one of the guys is a licensed marriage and family therapist and it's, it's really, really good. Also, I didn't even think about this earlier, but I think that I'm very routined in the way I listen to some podcasts. Like I will, I will space out um, episodes and even like themes of episodes. So like I usually will try to not listen to two theological shows back to back, even if they're different shows. Yeah. Or like the only, the only news show I listen to is Up First by NPR. It's just like an eight minute roundup for the day. And I feel like that's all I can handle sometimes. So, so I'll listen to that. It's like Monday through Friday and I always cue it up next. So I, 
tend to listen to that one every day. So that's I, that's one of my few daily rituals that I like forget about. Um, so you have anatomy anatomy of marriage. What's the second one? Oh man, <sighs> this is hard. Favorite of all time. You have permission is an incredible. Uh, this guy puts together uh, this show called You Have Permission, which is a definitely a theologically minded, open minded discussion show. And then he does this other one called Depolarize that's all about like talking to people from either side of the aisle politically. And it's it's an incredible listen. He did depolarize. It sounds like yes. he's not coming back to it. Yeah, it sounds like it's on more or less permanent hiatus, but I think he's open to it. There's, I think, three seasons of it. He started it during the 2016 election cycle before Trump even got nominated. And then he like continues it a couple years through the presidency. And it's yeah, no matter like where you're at politically, it's an incredible listen. All-time best podcast I've ever listened to, Radio Lab by WNYC. I think it's the number one on iTunes for the I'm last sure it is, but six years. Like in terms of production value, I, I learned like a while ago that about the same like production cost and time goes into it as as much usually goes into an indie film for each episode, which is really incredible. Like it's it's so well done. Blows your mind when you when you, when you really start getting into that the high quality storytelling shows, Radio Lab or This American Life, wild. Honorable mentions though, really quick, the liturgists. I've listened to it since the beginning, and also no matter where you're at theologically, it's a really interesting look at some people's spiritual journey over time. It's really well documented. Other honorable mention, more perfect. It's Radio Lab spinoff on the Supreme Court, and also really incredible. Um god-awful movies it's a bunch of atheists round tabling how terrible christian cinema is and it's hilarious whether or not you're christian they're obviously not uh the deconstructionist has been one of the most helpful theologically thinking podcasts i've listened to the last couple of years based in the work of jacques derrida and the idea of deconstruction i'm sure most people have heard of s-town and it's honestly like i think one of the craziest stories i've ever heard uh the dream they only have one season right now and the first uh, season was all about investigating multi-level marketing and the history of it and like also some current controversy and really an interesting listen like i felt like i've already had a pretty decent background with knowing some of the things that have happened with it but really interesting um also most recent favorite find is probably this one called ologies like o-l-o-g-i-e-s like like the study of things and so each episode is a different focuses on, on a different field of study talking to an expert and the two episodes i've listened to so far were really fascinating yeah so yeah that's kind of what i'm listening to these days a lot of other uh a lot of other things thrown in there as well but fantastic josh we appreciate you coming to our place hanging out with us sitting in our sauna sitting in our sauna of a studio before we go i do want to get through some plugs i don't know if you want to give out any uh personal socials oh sure yeah if you think i'm funny at all uh my twitter handle is j l i e u 623 okay for those interested in following and maybe reading some of the articles we've mentioned from the billings beat oh yeah you can either access it through any social media but you can just go to my website thebillingsbeat.com and there's a lot on there or give the uh the patreon button a click on the website or go straight to patreon.com slash the billings beat and again, that's the vegetable beat. So B double E T. Yep, that's right. Get us up to uh, thirteen dollars a month from twelve. Wowzers! Hey, it's enough to pay for Squarespace. So that's all we need. There you right go. Now. You're at least covering your costs. Yep. And anyone looking into uh, your band, the Mandela Effect, we could probably point them to Facebook.com/slash Mandela Effect Trio. 
Mandela is spelled with one L. Um, Josh, at the end of every episode, we have our, our guests read our favorite quote for the podcast, kind of our founding quote, our ethos. So if you wouldn't mind, we have a quote up on the, up on the board there from psychologist Alfred Adler. Give it a whirl. Uh, as psychologist Alfred Adler astutely observed, the only normal people are the ones you don't know very well. Thank you.